Hello, the initiated. My name is Marcus Junikla, and this is the Be a Better Artist podcast. It's been a while since we last made an episode. In short, been busy with work. Then we had our kid, and uh, then I had a heart attack, and then I had some more work after that. So, long story short, getting back into better shape, trying to juggle all of these responsibilities and goals. But as I've said, not doing this podcast makes me feel absolutely horrible. It's one of the most important things that I can be working on. So I need to find a way to get back on the horse once again and make this work. I have a lot of plans for the podcast. I've got a bunch of interviews that I've been planning. I think that is the most beneficial format that I can be working on. I will continue these monologues as well because as much as it might be for someone else, uh, it is also for me because this is how I get to parse out my thoughts. I get to figure out where I stand with all of these topics. It's kind of a mental exercise for me to try and stay as sharp as possible and work on my speech and articulation skills. So I thought we'd kick off with a monologue before I start pressing on those interviews. So if you're still here, thank you for tuning in. Happy to have you back. And I think that about covers the basics. So I've been a full-time entrepreneur now again for about half a year. And one of the central things that I've noticed in my day-to-day life and actually doing this work is responsibility because there's nobody watching over my shoulder, nobody breathing down my neck. Now, while that is certainly a very positive thing and a very desirable situation to find yourself in, it does come with some new problems, some new challenges. Because while I can enjoy the freedom of not having anybody breathing down my neck and watching over my shoulder, it does mean that I need to take on that job. Now, you might think to yourself, well, why is that necessary? Because I've had a bunch of bad managers and bosses, and I don't think that's a necessary role at all. And while I certainly do agree that many managers and bosses leave much to be desired, there might be some aspects to this situation that you haven't considered. Because the reality is that perhaps most people have never been in a situation where there isn't somebody else who has to carry the ultimate responsibility, who has to make sure that people are doing what needs to be done. And while those people can certainly be inconvenient and annoying and sometimes downright crappy, they do have a function. They do have a purpose. As creative people, we tend to think about things in a very open manner, in a very flowy manner. And we'd often like to think that things would be better if there were less restrictions and less control and things could just flow openly and things would sort of form and be done. But I don't find that to be a very honest assessment of the big picture. We talked a ton about deadlines. We've talked a ton about releasing stuff 
on this podcast and what the importance of that is, because we need actual boundaries to make things happen, to get things done. Otherwise, you find yourself in this infinite cycle of working on something and tweaking something and and saying it'll be ready once it's ready. A tiny tweak here and there, the creative process will take care of itself. And while I'm not saying that those individuals and those creatives do not exist who can pull that off. I would argue that there's probably more structure in their approach than what they or we perhaps realize. And they have some kind of a mechanism, some kind of a system that does set some kind of boundaries so that they can actually complete a project and then put it out there. But for most of us, if we do not make an actual, tangible, practical line in reality, then it's very unlikely that your creative process will ever manifest into anything actual. And while there are certainly many aspects and topics we could talk about when it comes to external pressure and internal pressure, which is what I think this conversation boils down to, because I think there's perhaps a dark truth about people that most people do almost nothing unless they absolutely have to. And I know that sounds very dark and perhaps uh, negative or not thinking highly about people, but that is the honest assessment that I currently have to make if I use observation and deduction. Because most people's internal pressure, internal drive is not sufficient in driving them into action. And this is why I'm a huge advocate of taking control of your environment, organizing and structuring systems around you so that they push you into certain type of behavior. We've talked a ton about willpower on this podcast. And if you rely on willpower alone to get things done, it's very likely you're going to burn out quite fast. And it's very likely you're going to not fulfill your creative destiny because willpower, you only have so much of it and you spend it quite fast. And most people are not good at replenishing it. Willpower is like action points in a video game. You as a character have a certain amount of it in a day and sleeping replenishes it, eating replenishes it, being social replenishes it. But every time you do something hard or challenging and difficult, you begin to spend that willpower. And the beauty about systems around you and manipulating the environment around you to serve you in terms of driving you into behavior that leads to your long-term goals. The beauty of that is that once you set it up, you don't have to spend willpower to drive yourself into those behaviors. In this way, you can reserve your willpower to the actual difficult, new, challenging tasks that come your way. You want to automate as much as possible so you can spend the willpower on new, difficult things that you need to either tackle with or learn. And if you are a creative who works 
for themselves. If you are a solo entrepreneur, if you have nobody breathing down your neck, watching over your shoulder, making sure that you do the things that the company needs done, then you need to create that manager for yourself. You yourself need to become that manager or you build systems and structure around you in your environment that makes sure that that abstract manager comes to exist because the world of creativity and the world of practicality are not the same thing. Creativity doesn't understand time really well. And you need to understand time if you want to get practical and actually release what you're working on. And in the managerial world, in the business world, where things need to get done, they understand time extremely well. This is in fact the thing that tremendous business people understand better than anyone else. They know how precious time is and how little there is. And they develop such a sophisticated understanding of what you can actually accomplish and in what sort of a time frame. And most people never come to understand this because they never take on an entrepreneurial effort. Because if you did, you would see just how detrimental it is not to make progress with a project of your own. Because you're the one who has to pay for that. You're the one who has to live with the consequences. Whereas if you work for a company, you have none of that responsibility. The company goes down, you don't. You just take a paycheck and you'll be fine. And also, if something really matters to you, there's a very specific frustration that comes from the fact that you're not moving towards your goals and ambitions. If you just faff about for months on end and the things you want to work on don't get any closer to completion, that's extremely frustrating. And once you look at why that is, you can easily see that it's all your fault because it was all your responsibility. Your work, your input would have been the thing that amounted to results, but you don't have results, which means you've got to backtrack and you've got to look at two things. You've got to look at time and you've got to look at input. And if you have to live with this reality for long enough, you begin to understand just how precious time is and just how efficient you'd actually want to and need to be if you want to move towards your dreams at any sort of a reasonable rate. So you don't have a person managing you. You have to become the manager. How do you do that? First of all, it's important to understand that you can't be in two states at the same time. It's impossible to be creative while you're worrying about structure and time and organization. So your schedule becomes the most important thing to organize and also the most important thing to respect. So just like you have a shift, you have to go to work at 8 or 9 a.m. and you leave at 4 or 5 p.m. There should be a time to be creative and there should be a time to be the manager. There's a time to create and there's a time to upkeep. And the very first step of you being the manager is to figure out your time and allocate dedicated slots for each activities. And you need to be 
very respectful of these times. And the reason most people are not disrespectful at their job when it comes to showing up when they need to show up is not only the external pressure of living on the street if you can't pay rent or buy food, etc., but it's because they are accountable to the people around them, their colleagues, their boss, their manager, and simply that social pressure put upon you, bearing down upon you, makes you stick to those schedules. Because if you don't, obviously there are a bunch of practical repercussions that might follow, but also there are the social repercussions that will follow if you don't show up. People will talk about you in a certain way, they will deem your character to be of a certain kind, and for a lot of people that pressure is enough to keep them in line. Now you, working for yourself as a creative, don't have this luxury. Now I know there are many creatives out there who work in a team, which by the way is fantastic and it's one of the things that I would love to transition into in the future sometime when it actually makes sense and, and is viable because I do love the positive pressure that comes from being around great people who push you into action. You want to be responsible to them and you want to be responsible of them as well and you see their work and you get inspired by it and it's all a very very positive cycle and in fact this is why I believe teams of creative people where there's good chemistry, good character, good respect, they get where they want to go far faster. I realize this as a weakness in my position but also due to the nature of the things that I want to do it just doesn't make much practical sense uh, to transition into and also most of the time I do compose music which is for me a very lonely process and uh, so far it's what works best for me and in fact it is what I need to do what I need to do but again if you do not have this social pressure around you you need to rely on something else you need to generate that pressure from something else now there are many many ways of doing this personally what I like to do is I like to go online mostly YouTube where most of these comments are and I look at the comments you write whether it's about this podcast or my music because reading them I find it extremely hard to believe that anyone would write anything like that about anything what I do but those comments are there and they're very high praise they are exactly what you would love to read as a creator and I go there and I look at them and I think about how I do not want to let those people down and if there's anything I can do to make their life just a bit better then it's worthwhile me staying in line and getting whatever needs doing done and it shouldn't matter whether you have one person saying something positive about what you do or a hundred or a thousand it should be about the change you want to generate and uphold in the world so whether you have one comment or a hundred or a thousand focus on what you've managed to provide to these people because if you cannot find a worthwhile reason 
to do something simply out of the innate value that you produce to an individual, then there's no number, there's no amount of comments that you can read to motivate and force you to stay in the game. Because if it's numbers that motivate you, then you're always looking at the horizon. You're always looking at the next number and the next one and the next one. It's a game that never ends and nothing will be enough for you. You're always chasing the next high. You're chasing the next number. Whereas if you focus on what you've done for an individual at the individual level, then you're never going to run out of fuel. If you make actually improving the lives of other people your sole focus, then that's going to be more than enough than what you need for a lifetime of pursuing your creative or other ambitions. So number one, create a schedule, block out a time to be creative and block out a time to do all of the other managerial upkeep organization tasks and respect that schedule above all else because creatives can too easily get again into this ambiguous cloud of everything being everything things flowing from one thing to another and while that's great for creativity it's absolutely horrible when it comes to organizing things getting stuff done ensuring that the rate of progress you want to see is sufficient for you and i know this causes anxiety in a lot of creative people they don't want to live in a structured rigid organized life but if you allow this emotional issue to dictate how it is that you organize your creative life i can speak from experience not only from myself but looking at other aspiring creators you'll probably never get anywhere with your creative goals and i know that sounds harsh but if you don't put your feet into reality if you don't get actual and practical about your creative work then you're probably just going to tread your feet in water looking at a spinning compass and never figuring out which way it is that you're supposed to be going not that it really matters because you're just treading water and staying put anyway but setting actual practical boundaries deadlines limitations that is what creates that external pressure to push you into a direction so that you get the project done so that it goes into the outside world instead of simply staying in your head so that you need to face the true nature of that creative work all of its great elements but also all of its limitations and lacking qualities you're not gonna see and discover those things until you actually put it out there into the world in front of the eyes and ears of other people because that's when you connect to the truth and we need the truth if we want to make our creative work better that is what we do as artists we chase the truth because the truth is the only thing that fundamentally speaks to other people it's what makes them care it's what makes their heart feel something may that be joy or sadness or anything else things resonate with people because they're true and if you don't connect yourself to the cycle of truth by working 
on a piece of creative, putting it out there so that people can see and hear it and give feedback so that you can understand how it is that other people see it. If you don't partake in that process, in that cycle, it becomes impossible to actually improve your creative work. And this is precisely why I see so many creative people essentially releasing the same music year after year after year. They never change, they never improve. And for the most part, that behavior comes out of fear. They're afraid of confronting the truth, connecting with the true state of where their creative work is. And I don't say this with hubris because I live with this fear every day, just like you do. And the best thing that I've personally managed to cook up is simply living with more courage, trying to be braver and doing things despite of that fear, trusting the process, knowing that if I do this, I'll connect myself to the cycle of finding truth. And if I stay honest and authentic with that process and confront it with open arms and say, I might not like this, but this is how things are. That's when I have access to the fastest way to learn. I don't want to see artists find themselves in the cycle of essentially releasing the same work over and over again because they're afraid of getting better. Because in the process of getting better, you need to suck. You need to understand what is lacking, what is less than ideal, what is missing, but also what is good. And the closer you are to the beginning, unfortunately, the rougher it is, the more your work probably sucks. But that's also a wonderful position to be in because it means the more potential you have to improving it. And that's a wonderful and inspiring aspect to realize. So there's a time to be creative. There's a time to manage yourself and your time and your work. And actually, when you restrict yourself in this way, there's tremendous freedom that comes from that. Jocko Willink has this saying, discipline equals freedom. And the point of that saying is when you do the things you have to do, then you get the freedom to do whatever it is that you want to do. And the more you take care of yourself, the better you take care of yourself and all the things you need to do, the better positioned you are to do whatever it is that you actually want to do. And also the better it will feel because you'll have things in order and you'll be f emotionally free to actually enjoy the things that you want to be doing. And I know that might sound extremely counterintuitive and it might sound unsensible, but you have to try it to understand it. Create a schedule. We all have to sleep. We all have to eat. Hopefully we all shower. We all need some kind of social life. So whatever that means for you, put it in there. And as a creative, you need to do creative work. And I am an advocate of doing that as much as possible. And also there's probably a bunch of managerial business upkeep work that you need to do to maintain that creative work or to make it actually connect with reality 
in a reasonable way. Hopefully also working out or taking care of your health uh, in whatever form of exercise you want to do. Hopefully that's also in there. I'm not going to talk about the hierarchy of things because I can't, nor do I want to decide that for you. You're the only person who can decide the hierarchy of things for yourself and how much time you can and want to allocate to all of these things. But it's important to write these things down. That's the most important thing. That is the thing I can tell you. Make it actual, make it practical, make it tangible. Take a calendar and look at all the hours that are in there. And the important part about this is sustainability. Can you sustain this cycle and this process far out into the future? Don't worry about getting it right on the first try. Don't worry about getting it perfect because you probably won't. In fact, it's tremendous to start with something you'd assess to be right and then stick to it for a week or two weeks and see what is off because something is going to be off. Maybe you find that you can't be creative for more than three hours a day. Maybe you find I can actually be creative for nine hours a day. Maybe you find that I can't work out five days a week. Maybe you find that you don't do well if you don't have a certain amount of social connection with the people that are in your life. Make those observations and then make those adjustments. Over time, you're going to perfect your schedule. But again, respect the schedule. You're free to change the schedule once you assess that it's a reasonable shift to make. But once you have a schedule, respect it. Because again, otherwise you will never connect yourself to the cycle of truth. You will never interface with truth. You have to stick to that schedule and respect it. And lastly, I do want to loop back to the emotional problem because again, a lot of creatives do find this, even the thought of structure to be a tremendously anxiety inducing thing. Now I'm loaning from Jordan Peterson when I say that the schedule is not a prison. It's not supposed to be a horrible tyrant that takes everything from you. Remember, this is for you and it's of you. Everything that you're doing is supposed to serve your goals, your ambitions, ultimately of living the creative life that you want to live. And yes, you have to do things you don't want to do, but that is the case with any path you choose. Any kind of work, any kind of a goal demands things that you don't want to do. The question is, are you working for your goal or someone else's? That is the thing you get to own. Are you working for yourself and for your own dreams or for someone else's? And that's an essential thing to remember. And from that position, the schedule isn't there to subjugate you. It's there to empower you. It's there to make sure that you are optimally positioned to pursue your own creative ambitions. The schedule is supposed to free you to do whatever it is that you want to do in life, not enslave you to stick to a rigid, regimented flow 
of life. And lastly, I want to say that most creatives need more restriction. Because if your life is nothing but this open flow of potential, it's very unlikely that you'll be optimally productive and prolific. Because if you can always do precisely what it is that you want to do, there's no contrast. There's no push and pull between the elements of life. So after a creative slot in my workday, I actually want to leave that process feeling like there's a bit more in the tank. This is something I've learned once again from working out, from lifting weights, is that if I want to do more of this, I want to be replenished and energized for tomorrow. Because if you give me the option of working one or two days full on and completely burning myself out, and then it will take me several days to recuperate before I can work again, that means I actually get to do less of what it is that I want to do in the course of a week. Whereas if I did a little bit less every day, I'd actually get to work out and lift every single day. And no, I don't get to immediately gratify every single immediate desire that I have, but I get to take that energy, I get to take that momentum, and I can bring it to the table tomorrow. And again, this is a beautiful concept that applies to so many different aspects in life. Eating food is the same way as well. You can be a glutton, you can go all the way and eat until you pass out or you can't taste or feel anything anymore. Or you could eat really good food and feel like, mm, that was so good. I kind of wish I want a bit more of that. It creates a nice deficit and that creates drive that you can take to the next thing. And the more you do this, the more aspects you have in your life that uphold this nice, slight deficit momentum method. My experience is that the more the quality of your life begins to improve because it creates appreciation towards the thing that you're doing or want to be doing. And then life becomes this very nice flow, this very nice momentum of movement. So that's really the step number one when it comes to becoming your own manager. There are many, many other aspects that we could be talking about. We could go further into external and internal pressures. Let me know if you'd like to delve deeper into those topics, but uh, I think this is quite enough for one episode for today's episode. So again, let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Finished.